Shadow Society podcast, Rhiannon. Hey, it's good to be here. <laughs> All my lovely listeners, today we are going to be discussing the lover's card and the tarot. Rhiannon is one of my wonderful best friends and she has taught me a lot about love, how we can love ourselves and also how to love others as well. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a really big, a big topic of mine. It's a big passion of mine, I should say. <laughs> and it comes across, it comes across because I've never met anyone that's so accepting and like part of your love is that you're really accepting of people. So it'd be really interesting to start off just like jumping in, like jumping in the deep end with how it is that you define love. Oh, it's such a good question. It's like it just brings up so many different angles you could look at it and, and trying to get to the like the essence of it. Um, I'd say like my initial thoughts when I was thinking about this is it's the ability and willingness to give without receiving. Mm. Um, and that's something that that was kind of my initial um my initial thoughts. Um but I don't know like I did have a thought earlier that something came to my mind and heart where love is the power to overcome fear mm, let's talk about it so yeah I think I, I let's go with that one today that love is the power to overcome fear <laughs> I like it I like it a lot because for all our listeners, Rhiannon didn't just wake up one day and become, oh, <laughs> that sounds good, dummies. she didn't wake up one day and was like really loving. I say this with <laughs> with my own love in the sense that you've done a lot of work, like you've done a lot of emotional work, diving into lots of different things in order to get to where you are. But I mean, I just met you and you're already a loving, getting person and <laughs> very accepting. <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah because um our backstory is that you were my landlady <laughs> <laughs> yeah Rhiannon is my was my landlady when I moved down to the wonderful place of Banbury back in 2018 and even from like our first messages back and forth that was one of the reasons why I went to view your house because the house that I was going to view you you hadn't even put up in spare rooms I don't think and you sent this like big very Rhiannon style big long message really lovely kind of like detailing things and you know, I was just like oh this person seemed seems super cool <laughs> you're very popular today <laughs> I actually don't know how to turn that off I'm sorry <laughs> but yeah um with the lover's card and how you wrapped in how you define love as well is there anything that makes you feel loved do you know we, we like talking about love languages on this podcast do you know what your love languages are what's your favorite like self-development tool because I know you've got love languages what's the one you use is it in Enneagram. Yeah, the Enneagram. So I, 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 I do like love languages. Um, and I think that's, there's like a lot you can learn from that. But I also like delving into, I guess, a little bit deeper and a little bit more of the psyche. Um, so yeah, that's the Enneagram. I'm a big fan of um, looking into things like astrology and um, the Myers-Briggs personality typing, the Enneagram. 
Uh, I just play with it. I don't take it too overly serious, but I, I love playing with it and trying to understand myself and others through those things. Um, but yeah, so I, I'd probably say my love languages have developed to different things at different times um, in my life. So I, I would have said a lot of words of appreciation in the past would have been the ways that I really felt cared for. Um, but then I kind of went through a phase of just I don't know just like rejecting that and I didn't want it and it became much more about like the physical affection you know like a hug from a friend or um just being really like close and snuggly on the sofa with with a friend watching a movie or something so like much more of a physical touch um and yeah I, now I probably say it's going more into the words of reassurance so it's just interesting seeing that like evolve and develop I guess you're, you you in, intuitively can know what you need um which is really fun to to observe <laughs> Yeah. I think that's important to state as well that we can discover what our love languages are at a certain point in our life but it doesn't mean to say that it's going to stay that way like you aren't just always going to be shoehorned into this one category that's fine if you are but I mean those that are drawn towards the tarot in this podcast are like myself and we love self-development and improvement and striving and therefore we bring about change into our life perhaps a bit faster um, than other people I do believe and with your you're naming all these like lovely lovely tools how do you feel that astrology helps you being having Scorpio as your sun sign um so I, I really identify with being a Scorpio um like I say I, d I don't hold it too heavy heavily but it's fun to play with but I definitely recognize the traits of you know kind of enjoying the as much as I love being a light to the world or I try to be a light to the world I also love kind of dwelling in darkness and, and I recognize that as a Scorpio trait and I, I've seen that in other Scorpios as well um or things like you know the depth and I, I love I love swimming deeply in my conversation oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as you very well know <laughs> sometimes I forget to come up for air so <laughs> um, I think it's it's really nice just having something that mirrors mirrors you um, and it's really helpful to understand a little bit more about yourself as you as you search various different tools and I'm, I'm not trying to kind of particularly focus on astrology but just in terms of finding different tools that you can look at and it's just a great way to learn more about yourself and have things mirrored and, and go oh I recognize that and oh I don't think I have that and uh, oh I want that and it's yeah it's just really fun to to play with <laughs> yeah and the fact that you're talking about about that mirror that's what I find when we get to the lover's card in the major arcana really does symbolize of course love in whichever way you want to interpret that harmony relationships value alignment and choices so choices duality having that mirror out of everyone in my whole entire life I've never mirrored with anyone as much that I have done with yourself mm. like it felt that we kind of found each other well when I was choosing that house we've said this story many times to other people but just so listeners know I was so close not to viewing Rhiannon's house it was the end of a long day mum and I still had to drive like six seven hours up the road back to Glasgow after viewing all the places and bless Rhiannon was running late because something happened at work and I was sitting there and I was like oh I'm knackered maybe not and you know <laughs> 
my life would be so different had I decided to drive up the road that day because that was almost like a portal to me like there's a reason why you reached out because your other your other house I don't know if you filled it with somebody else or whatever but it just all the stars seemed to align and all the different people and experiences I had because I was connected to you and connected to that house was like massive like my life would not look like it does now that was one of those fork in the road moments that you don't know at the time and was like quite literally going to change your life because often we go through the same things at the same time Mm -hmm. so often that happens to us and I'm trying to think of some examples even when so you went on your mission so that was from 2019 January 2019 to August 2019 20 yeah yeah so we couldn't speak all the time we'd check in most Mondays if you weren't too busy because you had such a short time to be able to speak to everyone and get everything done so we didn't manage to speak every week but when we did it was just phenomenal as to you'd be like I'm working on this or this has happened and I'd be like say what (laughs) this has happened in my life too can you think of anything that's happened to us recently where we're aligned with it yeah. happens all the time and I don't know why they're not coming to my head like literally, literally that so so just before we started recording we were just talking about how you were um being invited to invite more fun into your life and quite literally that is my lesson for this week um <laughs> I didn't share this with you at the time but I was just sitting there thinking like wow and I just come off a conversation with a, another friend and I just told him I said hey you know i I'm really looking to just go out there and just have more fun right now. Like I'm not interested in, in getting, I, I'm still a deep person, but I, I want to try and swim at surface level a little bit more. And I just want to go and have some fun and go and not take things too seriously. So yeah, it was just really interesting when you said that. I was like, oh my goodness, it's happened again. <laughs> Every time. Because what were we experiencing when I was down in Banbury a few weeks ago? That was also a sim- That was like a mirror as well. It's, our, it's whatever we're going through emotionally. It appears mm-hmm. in different ways in our life, but we're working through the same thing. I can't remember. We work through things so quickly. And the next thing comes this one should be literally fun, though. We're getting to invite in more fun. We're not diving to the depths of our soul. Maybe we might have to, to wake that fun up again. For goodness sakes. But I think what I want to get across as well is just like, no, it's not everyday romantic partner to be your mirror, to be your soulmate. And my idea of soulmates what's resonated with me as people that comes in your life to reflect things to you whether that is bringing out your best side or even at some occasions bringing out your worst side not a toxic person bringing out your worst side but make them making you see things that you should work on and for them to be that that matter to you what's your idea of soulmates Rhiannon? Oh that's a good question um yeah, I've often toyed with the idea of like, do I believe in in soulmates? And I've really come to to just it doesn't sit with me that there's this culture of like there's a one or there can be a culture of there's one soulmate out there for you. Have you found the one? And I I really I don't think I follow that um in my heart. I, I really believe that soulmates is just a, a connection, soul to soul connection. And I've come across a variety of different people in my life, including yourself. Um, where I feel like my soul is connected to theirs. Um, and most of that in the last probably like five years, 
most of that has been within friendships but sometimes it can be during you mentioned uh, my mission it's a, a time of um, like 18 months of voluntary work and during that time I spoke to loads of people on the streets and they were complete strangers and there would just every now and again be someone who I just I just felt their soul um, and even in just in that very small moment we were able to exchange a connection um, that was beautiful for both of us um, so yeah I think definitely it's just more more for me about connecting um, and I've come to see that there are some people that I just can't connect with and that doesn't say anything about me that doesn't say anything about them um, and that that doesn't you know um, diminish that kind of friendship or that kind of um, relationship but what I love is finding soulmates and finding that soul-to-soul connection for sure it's literally like fireworks going off like pew pew you just like it feels like you've known each other from like a past life I know some people do literally believe in that as well you, you don't believe in past lives do you uh yeah so I, I have yeah I have not a past life but I believe that we knew each other before mm. we came to this earth mm. um, so I can't like yeah I guess soulmates could be one way of I might um describe it is it's meeting someone that you really recognize that um you knew very well before we came to this earth um so yeah (laughs) and it's just easy like there's I've been so fortunate to do heaps of traveling and be living in lots of different places and when I do that and push myself out of my comfort zone and really and that the energy of the of the fool that's usually where I meet my soulmates and it's just somebody that I click with it's so easy like you're just laughing there's like so many different similarities that you have and yeah it's just like super comfortable exciting and it feels a bit like coming home as well Mm, I love that feels like coming home that's a beautiful way (laughs) something stood out to me that you mentioned that was when you don't have that connection when you don't feel like you have that connection with somebody how is it you navigate that how do you identify it um and do you do you ever try push through or did you historically ever try to like try make a connection when it just wasn't there yeah it's a really good question um causes me to reflect a bit so I'd probably say for the most part I recognize it's normally about me like the reason why the connection isn't there is because I'm probably bringing something unhealthy to the table. <laughs> um, now that's not to say whether they they are or are not. Like that's not my business. But I think one thing that I really try and do is na- to navigate that is just recognizing what am I bringing to the table that's unhealthily unhealthy here. So it could be, um, for example, I see something in them that I don't have, and I'm jealous of that. Um, or it could be something that I recognize in them that I don't like about myself. Um, I know I've seen that um, before with, I'm thinking of a particular interaction with someone and they just, they interrupted all the time. Um, They interrupted like every few seconds and I got really quite frustrated with it. But after I reflected sometime, actually it was sometime later, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, actually it's because I, I interrupt. And then I started working on my interrupting. So it, it's interesting to see like what you're bringing to the table um, and why that disconnect is there. Um, sometimes I just want to run away from it and not bother. But for the most part, I'd say I really want a connection with like everybody I meet. So it can be to, almost to my detriment because I'm not very good at just letting it go and just being like, OK, like, you know, and um, that that 
person isn't for me you know in a friendship way or otherwise um and I really want to to learn and work through through the through the mud that's <laughs> one of our similarities right there because it's yeah. for me it stemmed from being a people pleaser and I'm kind of I'm working through that without diving it diving in deep to it so that's why I thought that was really interesting how do you is there any time to just know you shouldn't carry on the, co- the the connection hmm that's a good question or should we work through it persist because there has been in, so, um there's been more occasions, usually my soul connection straight away, bam, fireworks, great, we're getting on best pals. But then with, um, there has been some best friends I've had, it's only really happened on one occasion where that's not been the case, when we weren't best pals from the get-go and it kind of like developed at a different time. Mm-hmm. So it's, interesting, it's interesting, because I usually don't push it. If I don't connect with somebody, I'm like, these days I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I accept you <laughs> as you are, but maybe we're not going to be like vibing. Yeah, no, I, I really hear that. And I'd say for the majority of my life, that's that's how I've played my life as well. Um, it's, again, a similarity. Um, I think I think there is a place, though, and I would like to develop. Um, and I think I'm just starting to see the possibility of it happening where you can not necessarily have that instant connection, but then you put a little bit of work in and, and you're willing to willing to see things from a different perspective because that's ultimately what one of the aspects of love is is being able to see something from somebody else's perspective um and I can see that's like such growth in that but in terms of knowing when to stop or like when that's just like okay let it go I don't know the boundary to that I don't know the I don't yeah I guess I don't have the answer to that yet (laughs) I'm still learning that one quite literally read my mind when you said boundary because that's what I I was answering my own question in my mind you were speaking and then it was just like ah boundaries so that very nicely brings up boundaries into the conversation of love which I feel is really important especially as females when we've been teach we've been taught to be not everyone but a lot of us have been taught to be people pleasers especially if it's in like a male female relationship sometimes we can get more than we're getting back and I think that's where boundaries come in because I know personally in the past I've just been like trying to fit around somebody else and that I made myself into somebody else because I was trying to connect with this person so that's like the polar opposite side of the scale where it's not so healthy but what I'm trying to get at is um what's your what's your thoughts on boundaries how do you manage your boundaries when you are searching for love yeah I I love I'm beginning to love boundaries I love clarity I absolutely love clarity I I go kind of nuts emotionally when I have unclarity in my life um particularly around the the search for love (laughs) as you know um so yeah I'm really starting to appreciate boundaries and I had a do you mind if I share the experience that I had when um you were here and I kind of realized yeah so basically I was having an experience or um, getting to know this um this potential um dating partner I guess and yeah I was kind of overthinking everything and and I really recognized it was feeding my fears um rather than feeding that light and that love and so 
I took a step back from it and I recognized actually there's some work to be done here on my part, which is setting boundaries. And so I looked at, okay, what was I overthinking and why was I overthinking it? What needs were not being met? And then I worked around that. So for example, communication, you know, a a lack of communication. Well, what does that mean? Why am I, what needs do I have around communication? And then I set the boundaries um, around like a certain timescale. And if people aren't able to respond within a certain timescale for a certain amount of times, then, then actually that's probably not going to be the person for me. And I set a number of different boundaries around what my unmet needs were that I recognised and, and got clarity for myself. And that doesn't then mean, oh, they I expect them to adhere to them. Uh, and I therefore, oh, well, I need this, so therefore you need to do that. Like, no, <laughs> not at all. Um, it's the opposite of love. Um but it, yeah, it just it felt really empowering just to to step back, recognize where I was overthinking or, or finding fear, um, recognizing what my unneeds met what unmet <laughs> needs were. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> um, and then and then getting clear on okay, well, what would it look like for that need to be met, uh, and, and not expecting someone else to meet that need, but just being clear on what your needs are. <laughs> yeah. That's important. That's that's a really nice example of boundary setting. And when you say there about this kind of foundation to come from and coming to that understanding, what level of self-love do you believe you should be at before you start welcoming in romantic love, welcoming in another partner? What's your thoughts on that? Hmm, that's a good question. Um I, I've definitely changed my opinion of this over the last kind of five, six years as a process of, you know, developing, learning, growing. I'd say where I'm sitting with that right now is that you have to be able, there's there's no level, right? There's no, there's, I think there's definitely people that can connect with you regardless of where you're at. So it's not like you have to reach a certain level to be able to then go, okay, now you're ready. Now you can go find. Um, but I think to be more conscious within a relationship, which is ultimately where that Um, healthy relationship is going to come from you really want to bring an element of self-awareness to your strengths and your weaknesses in equal part Um, I tend to exaggerate my weaknesses but in equal part is really important Um, and and be willing to give without receiving really being willing to to give appreciation um, give time give understanding and not expect it um and or or, you know demand it because expectation can just be a a, another word for demand really (laughs) um and and so yeah really being able to just willingly give freely um but there's so much even depth to that that I would say after you know five six years of of really doing so much emotional work and and spiritual progression I wouldn't say that I can do that (laughs) um so I think it is just a case of of going out there and and doing what you think is right for you you know whether that's taking taking some time to yourself or going out and looking for a a partner um whoever that might be um or whatever that might look like for you but I think the best thing we can do is just bring a, a willingness to learn from it and um trying to be conscious around it 
Uh, I think I think those two things can can go a long way for us all, regardless of what way you're at on your spiritual or emotional journey. For sure. And I love what you said. And it's brought something up within me is that you can do all the research. You can read all the books. You can have all the conversations with other people but until it truly comes down to working on a relationship with somebody else, whether that is a best friend, but more so in a romantic connection I'm talking about. Like, it's totally different in practice than it is in theory, is what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say. Like, you can give somebody um, a manual on how to ride a bike, but until you're on that bike, until you're cycling that bike, you don't really know. Um, mm-hmm. But you have the information, that good understanding within you. And I do believe the more that you can understand your yourself as a human being, at least then you can communicate that. That's mm-hmm. where many of my past relationships got a mess, because quite honestly, I thought I understood myself. Did I really? No. So then when I was trying to communicate and see what I needed, it was all like mumble jumble, but it sounds like a foreign language. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's such a gift to give someone, you know, just being really clear with with where you're at, what your thoughts are, what your what your needs are, what works for you. Um, I, I talked to somebody about my my mental health the other day. Sent them a message and and just said, look, this is what this is the challenge that I have. This is the symptoms that it brings up, and and this is how I overcome that. And it wasn't a I need you to do this for me, but it was just really clear. And then someone else gets to. To kind of receive that and go mm, yeah actually I'm really able to do that I'm really willing to give that to you I'm willing to give you that space or that um, affection or you know whatever it is that you're expressing your needs so I think it's such a gift if you can just bring that level of self-awareness to to what your needs are I think it's too big to just say to who you are like being your authentic self I think that's because I was reflecting on this the other day um because I've had this realization recently that oh, like I really, I I push my insecurities on people because I want to be authentic. And I was like, no, 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 wait, that's not being authentic. (laughs) It's authentic includes my strengths and and my, the good side of me as well. Um, And then I was looking back at um, my old relationships and and actually I realised that I was being authentic then. and, And actually I was doing the best that I could with the knowledge of who I was and with the you know, the understanding of the world around me that I had, that was still authentic. Um, so I can often, I think we can look back at our older selves or, you know, past relationships and be quite critical and be like, oh, what, I didn't know this or I, I wasn't being authentic to, to um, who I really am. But the truth is that's such like a who we are is such a blossoming beauty that we can't like define it at one particular point. You know, when does a rose become a, a rose bush? It, it's not like... <laughs> it's not like it has to have like um I know 20 roses around this beautiful rose arch to be called be called a rose it could just be one single rose you know I don't know why I've got the beauty and the beast image in my head now but um <laughs> yeah I just think it's so important that we um are able to yeah I guess in essence what we've already said we're able to express our needs and our wants in that moment and recognizing that that might change over time as well <laughs> yeah that's so wonderful and that expression of the rose bush is nice I really enjoyed that and also what happens at certain points you know you only bloom for a certain amount of time and then you're back to the growth 
growth stage again and when you're going to grow maybe you'll have a couple of more couple of more flowers <laughs> that come out your rose bush but yeah we need to appreciate that it's not going to be everyday expansion there's going to be some contraction as well that's going to be involved in growing and developing and learning and that's okay and that's okay yeah, I definitely have a few thorns on, on this rose bush, and uh, yeah, <laughs> recognizing that's all that's all for, there for a reason, and, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine to be a little bit spiky. I'm trying to accept those parts of me as well because I was trying to file off my thorns for the longest time. Like, oh, I can't be spiky. You know, you can't make other people feel you know bad, or you wouldn't. I don't want to upset people and all these different things. And I'm like, now nah, wait a minute these spikes on my rose bush some of these are some of these are my boundaries and I've been working on for a long time now my communication skills and being able to voice how I feel which in a romantic partnership you have to do otherwise I start doing not weird things but it just manifests inside me doesn't feel nice and then it needs to come out and it goes like it's not really like a roar it's more just like I'm crying I can't <laughs> you can't make sense of what I'm saying I'm trying to say like weeks worth of things I've kept inside that were small things that weren't small things and then you're just like blah, blah, blah. then your partner is like what the heck I don't understand what you're saying are you angry are you upset so I think it is important to appreciate the thorns and appreciate your boundaries. If we wish to call them boundaries, what would you say the thorns are in your in your metaphor? For me, it's the boundaries, but can our listeners can have a think as to what their thorns are as well. I think it's nice symbolism. I've not heard that before. Yeah, it's a good a good thing to ponder on because there's a lot of different ways you can take that. It's a, yeah definitely good for reflection. Like what am I and and even like you can you can keep you can keep expanding that um, analogy. Um, you know, how do you feed it? How is it growing? What structure do you use to support the rose? Um, what colour is your rose? How, you know, what kind of, how does it blossom? Uh, I don't know much about roses, but I'm sure if you dig deeper into a rose or any form of flower, you could find more. <laughs> yeah, well, the rose is the highest vibrational flower. Let's look up spiritual meaning of a rose i did know this because i love roses but i just want to have a little refresher of my memory if we get the answer today oh all roses symbolize god's love at work in the world but different colors of roses also symbolize different spiritual concepts white roses mean purity and holiness red roses mean passion and sacrifice yellow mean wisdom and joy and pink roses mean gratitude and peace according to learnreligions.com so hmm, interesting there we go <laughs> i once had a gift this is off piste off topic a little bit um i was having a fun photo shoot with shandor as we do for for the gram and we're in the park and we're taking it was the pictures i had my flame shirt on for anyone that follows me on instagram and there was a cute little mushroom stone, like mushroom step thing. And we're like taking a picture. And Shandra's like, oh, it'd be so cool if we could have like a rose in this picture. And then literally we turned around and by the tree, there's just one single rose, one single yellow rose just sitting there. There was, we went exploring, there was no rose bushes around. It was actually not even in season for roses at that time. It was just like a nice little gift. 
it felt like a nice little gift so yeah that's that's, cool I love those so I love love yellow roses now before I didn't (laughs) dislike yellow roses I was always like classic red rose or I've got some pink roses growing in the garden of the house I've just moved to so I I love roses it's definitely connected to me so I enjoyed (laughs) that (laughs) that little chat about the roses So, my love, what is your thoughts of inviting more friendship into our love affairs, love affairs, lovers, into our loving relationships with like a romantic partner and inviting more romance into our friends, into our friendships? And I'll give you a bit of context for that for yourself and for listeners. I believe that we need the love of like a whole community, a whole village, not just one person. I think we put a lot onto one person for one person to give us everything because of conditioning and movies and all these all that jazz since I've been working on trying to get different things from certain people well first and foremost get what you can get what you can from yourself always first and foremost but then if ever I need just to chat about like my feelings what's going on and I don't want any solutions I'll come to like yourself Rhiannon or other girl pals because men naturally just want to give you solutions and I'm like I just want to cry <laughs> I just want to cry for the next 10 minutes um so yeah how what's your thoughts on inviting more friendship into our romantic partnerships and more f- romance into our friendships hmm, I really like that question it's um I guess you don't often think about how can I bring more friendship into this romantic relationship um I guess maybe there is the you know I want to find my best friend you know I want to marry my best friend kind of thing so um yeah maybe you you... I think at the beginning stages of dating it's quite easy to see that maybe because you just go out and do like shared interests shared activities maybe if you're not me (laughs) you might have like less expectation and and just kind of roll with roll with roll with it but once you cross that barrier into like a real romantic relationship, I think it can be quite challenging to bring friendship into that relationship. Um, yeah, I'd imagine that would be really challenging. I guess I guess it does come down to expectation. Um, because because exactly what you were saying, you know, they there's so much emphasis especially in the you know rom-coms and traditional love stories out there there's so much emphasis of I'm so happy when I'm with you and I'm distraught when I'm without you um and that, that can just bring this element of expectation within a romantic relationship that that you are my source of happiness whereas I don't have that um with friendships I don't have this oh well you are I mean okay I might have slipped into that with a few friends once or twice um (laughs) particularly the end part of last year but um generally I don't have like this huge expectation that this person is going to make me happy um I I would you know for a friend but when it comes to romance even now like as I'm dating I I can still have that belief that oh I'm going to be happy when uh, I'll be happy when I have a relationship and, and just the expectations and that's such a killer um, so I think if we can bring that friendship to the romantic relationship it would be a lack of um, it would be having less expectation that they will be the source of your happiness 
Wow, source of your happiness. Let's break that up a little bit or dive into that. So where do you think that comes from? Why do we believe that our romantic partner should be the source of our happiness? And how can we navigate that if we, you know, we've been conditioned in this way? Um, how can we navigate that? How can we work through that? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's there because of culture and what we're taught. We, we really are taught, you know, certain, thi- certain things are your source of happiness. Um, you know, it might be career, financial success, traveling, you know, having children and having a romantic relationship of any kind is is definitely up there. Um, So it's definitely a cultural thing. I think there is also a deeper level in the sense that we tend to attract somebody in our life that we need, we do genuinely need something from them at that time, you know, whether whether it's something that we need to learn about ourselves or um, how we can give love in a different way to other people. Um, So I think there is an element of we do need something from them because we're going to grow from that relationship, but it can just be completely heightened into, well, therefore it's your job to, you know, make me happy, um, you know, fix me or bring all my joy, all my adventure, all my source of, you know, whatever it is that they can give, then, then we just kind of give the onus on them. Um, so I think like navigating it is really around responsibility. So just taking complete and utter responsibility for your own happiness. Um, I always, I like to see life as like a three-legged stool. So there's three um, legs. And if you don't grow like them all equally, then you can have a bit of a wobbly stool. So each of those legs is to be loved or to, to find a source of love where you feel loved, you know, whether that's through a, a faith or a spiritual journey or through friendship and family, whatever it might be, but to, to really know that you are loved, um, to be loving, so you practice, you know, loving other people and, and be there to be caring and compassionate and empathetic with others and developing that in your, your own unique way and then to be responsible. Um, so really just taking complete and utter responsibility for your actions. Now, something I trip up on is I take responsibility, 100% responsibility for the whole relationship, you know, whatever relationship that is, a friendship or romantic. But what I've come to see more recently is actually you can only take 100% responsibility for 50% of the relationship. Um, so there, there is always going to be an element that you can't take responsibility for. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say that's like how I try and practice navigating, navigating that challenge um, is through, yeah, trying to, to focus on me being loving, me getting my own love um, and, and being responsible for my actions. Yeah, wow. I like that making the connection to our happiness and where our happiness is coming from, because it is so easy you get caught up in the honeymoon phase and you want to spend all your time with somebody, which I actually think is absolutely fine. I don't think we need to, we should just kind of surrender to that. But then ensuring that you do have other means to to bring in your happiness and your joy, which again is something we can always be chasing after. That's a conversation for a different day. <laughs> but I liked what you're saying with this 50%. And I think what I'd like to ask or explore with you now is because we are two self-aware human beings, we can sometimes be self-aware of somebody else's actions and understand why they're doing that. But I want to open up to you to see what you think of. You may understand what somebody else 
has done or why where that's came from making that assumption um how how do you navigate that do you think that's healthy um to just you understand that they've done something wrong so then that makes it okay and doesn't make it okay <laughs> in my opinion <laughs> but <laughs> what's your thoughts on it um, I've definitely been caught up in this, as you know, in my past a lot. Um, I've had very unhealthy relationships in the past where where it, it has been very unhealthy, crossing loads of boundaries. I didn't even know, you know, I had boundaries. I didn't even, I would never have used that word. Um, and yeah, it, it was all stemmed from, because I, I have, um, I guess it's a, a spiritual gift, the ability to understand people. And I could understand why they were doing the things that they were doing and I and I let it happen because I understood and it's definitely got a huge danger surrounding it um particularly going back to the boundaries um so yeah and, and I think also just relying heavily on okay well yeah I'm self-aware and I'm developing myself and I've learned and I I know about how fears work and about how love works and you know how humans are, interact so I can see why they're doing it I think it can be so easy to think we understand where in reality they are their own completely separate people with their completely separate minds, completely separate feelings. And we might understand it in one way and we might even touch on the truth, but we're never, ever going to understand the depth of it. Um, we're never going to understand the true way in which they are viewing the world. So I think just like being really cautious of, um, OK, yes, I do understand, but does that is that negatively impacting me and just really taking that time to like check in with if that's healthy for you and also recognizing you you'll never fully understand <laughs> yeah I think that's that's a mind-boggling one as well that we never fully understand it's one of these thought processes that come in and like make me go like oh my goodness I'm so alone it's actually just me out here in these streets like nobody else is actually going to understand me have you ever had that moment I yeah I it comes in I'll be sitting after this podcast like rocking in my chair like oh no nobody <laughs> understands me <laughs> yeah I, I've spent a lifetime of feeling misunderstood so I really relate to that um it, it definitely it, and, and that's why I'm so keen to understand other people and I try so hard to understand where other people are coming from because I've never really felt understood myself um and so it, it's kind of like a two sides to a coin you know it, every gift has its challenge that comes with it so I've got this gift of empathy and this gift of being able to to see other people but the challenge with that is um or like the flip side to that is I, I never really feel understood or seen myself um so yeah they, they, I'm sure there's a link there uh, or yeah I believe there's a link there. <laughs> what do you think the link is? Um, I guess it's something we've got to give to the world and something we have to learn from the world so it's about that kind of growth that that contributing and taking from the world because because ultimately we are all one you know um I was, I was thinking about love earlier and knowing that this podcast was coming up and there was a phrase that kept on coming back to me, which was one mind um, and like one unity. And I think that's where, you know, everyone talks or some people can talk about um, we're all connected by love in the world. And it's so true. And I think that's what we're ultimately working towards is being one mind, one 
but but we need to be able to give what we have for that and also receive um what the other people in this world have yeah do you think that's down to understanding would you compare that to a purpose or do you think that's just a spiritual path do we need is that what alignment would mean to you coming back to the lover's cards lover's card is about that alignment and being in alignment Mm. do you think everyone has their own given purpose here that we should be discovering oh that's a really good question yeah um so I, I do. I think everyone, I wouldn't say it's like a set purpose that has been certainly not been decided for us or, you know, we, we're just completely lost and like until we find our purpose, our life is, you know, non purposeless and completely pointless. Not at all. But I, I do think it's if someone's willing to find what their purpose is, like what's something that really gets you, what's something that really just touches your heart inspires you and that can develop over time it can change but I think just finding that what's my purpose right now it can give so much meaning to life and and bring so much um so much joy uh, and so much and willing to go through hard things like really willing to go through hard things there's something I don't know if this is fully related but it keeps on coming back to me recently um, I read, you know, when you're just like mindlessly scrolling through Facebook oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and I found or I was reading this article about um, this experiment with um, a mouse. Now, I don't particularly agree with experimenting on animals, but this one, it, it definitely has a good l- lesson behind it. So essentially put mice in some water and made them swim in a jar so that they can't escape and made them swim. Um And so obviously they're going to get tired out. There's no place for them to rest. So naturally they're going to get tired, their poor little legs. Um, And after about, I think it was 15 minutes, it was just at the point of like complete exhaustion. They weren't able to go anymore. They were just really tired, poor little things. The the experimenters, they, they took, they rescued the animal. They like took them out of the water and gave them literally a few minutes rest. Like it wasn't a huge amount. Um, it wasn't days rest there wasn't any food given it was just a few minutes of rest and then poor mice they put them back into the water and I was absolutely blown away by how long they were able to survive would you guess how long they could like survive um this is just me being ridiculous double the amount of time from the first time so yeah that's kind of no that's kind of what I thought right 60 hours (laughs) sorry what (laughs) 60 hours all these oh my goodness I can't this is just breaking my little heart I, it is mean but I like I do think there's such a lesson in that because just think like how much because they knew they were going to be rescued because they were rescued right at the end ah okay yeah, so it's still hope be... or I'd maybe make yeah. thinking I mean, hope here's yeah, me projecting that's... myself that little mouse had hope <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it could be anything right but um I think that the message was on hope um and it just made me really think and bringing that back to the purpose I think our purpose can give us a real hope um and it can just really help us to keep going and beyond what we would be capable of without that uh, and go through hard things hope is power Mm -hmm. hope is power wow that's such a huge mind mind over matter isn't it personally i'm detaching from a few things one of which is being an empath and the other thing is 
um, suffering. Mm. So to me, I love that analogy. I think it's it's wonderful. Mine is the poor mice that had to go through that. I think that's wonderful. But I'm actually trying to bring in more ease into my life. I have, I'm a woman of extremes. So either I was working super, super hard, burning myself out, and then I kind of switched and dipped. And I'm actually trying to come out of going the polar opposite to the unhealthy stage. But I think to me personally, long story short, is to bring me back into equilibrium. But I ain't for that suffering. I, I ain't for it. Anything that causes me suffering, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just saying no to it. <laughs> more more fun, more love. And I can see sometimes we're, I say this because I know we're going to have to suffer. We live in and these human bodies on this earth, we're going to be suffering. Goodness sakes, like, I sometimes struggle more often than not. So I'm like, why would I invite more suffering in for the greater good or for these results? So that's my understanding of that. And with the term empath, and I mentioned I'm detaching from that, and I know that you relate to being an empath. The reason why I'm detaching from being an empath is I've actually started to use it as an excuse or it'd be like, oh, people are really draining my energy. And it was, as much as I love being a hermit, it was turning like super unhealthy. I know we've had lockdowns and loads of other things wrapped into it, but identifying as an empath was now or was causing me more of a hindrance than being me tapping into my compassion and my love. Mm -hmm. It was actually stopping me from tapping into compassion and love because from my some of my friends and family, I was like, whoa, like they drain my energy. They do this to me. They do that to me. And they weren't doing anything wrong. I then wasn't tapping into my communication skills and letting my thorns come out and be like, yo, don't do that. And then maybe it would have been fine. And yeah, I could go on. That's a bit of, bit of a ramble. But um, what do you think of the term empath? Yeah, I, I I wouldn't say it comes up in like everyday language for me, but I definitely would say I'm an empath, but my knowledge of it is quite limited um, of like what that really, really means. Um, I, I probably identify more with the word compassion, which I can probably see them both quite linked. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say more compassion is like my word, you know, the word that I would choose for me. Like I, I feel very passionate about compassion <laughs> um which is really like to 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 suffer with someone i know you i know you're just talking about like <laughs> oh no empath and suffering all the same sentence oh gosh to be in the moment let's go with dancing in the moment so i'm doing like life coaching qualification at the moment and one of the big things about the qualification about the coaching style is about dancing in the moment so I think that's really what like compassion is. It's like dancing in the moment with somebody, being able to to be with somebody with whatever they're going through um, and not needing them to change. Um, and I think like empath and being an, being an empath and being able to like feel someone else's energy, it can be really unhealthy because you can end up taking on people's yeah. fears um, and taking responsibility. Like I'm um, I was listening to a, a YouTube video yesterday about signs of an unhealthy INFJ. I'm an INFJ in the in the Myers Briggs typing, and yeah, I could really relate to the to the unhealthy signs. And one of them was um, actually one of them was using 
being an INFJ as an excuse to not grow so kind of like what you were just talking about I was like yep I do that I do that I think it's cool that we can use see this is like literally coming back full circle this is why I think whether it's the love languages whether it's the Enneagram don't know if I ever say that right or the Myers-Briggs that's why I think having an idea of whatever your personality type is and if you relate to that at all or even like your star signs as well can be a really useful tool of understanding it's just like tarot and its basic form is a self-development tool really so much more than that but when you understand the cards of the tarot such as the lovers then you can start weaving it in and understanding like oh this is coming up for me and now I have the language and the concepts in order to understand it and communicate it with others and especially in terms of the lover's card because the lover's card is the first card in the major arcana where you have two you've got two people and it is then taking what you have learned so far and bringing it out into the world sharing it with somebody else allowing somebody to be that mirror to you to reflect back at you what if you want to, you don't have to work on yourself. If you fancy working on yourself, um, <laughs> that you can do that. And it's, I think you can go through changes a lot faster when um, there is somebody to bounce off, especially when you just start in a romantic relationship. Like, my goodness, you think it is great and there is that honeymoon phase, but you need to set so many clear boundaries and all the, all this work you have to do in order for it to be a successful long-term relationship because if you don't do that initially you might have a terror moment foundations ain't secure then it's going to go like mm-hmm. kind of thing so yes oh my goodness I've had such fun chatting to you Rhiannon and you are my mirror you are you are that person that stands out to me when I saw the lover's card sorry Shantor <laughs> as much as I love him you have been such a reflection of what I've been going through um, in my life the lessons that I've been learning and it means I don't even though I go through moments where I think oh my goodness I'm alone (laughs) there's only me that thinks like this your experience has been so similar to me and a totally different guise but so similar to me Um, because I mean we don't have the same it's funny I was going to say we don't have the same spiritual beliefs but it's like we both have different spiritual practices but it's actually funny how similar they are Mm -hmm. they are and so it's been such an honor to have you on here is there anything else you want to say to the podcast listeners about Mm -hmm. love or yourself Mm, I think I will share the one thing that has taken me by surprise most recently um it's something I've been told a lot itself and we've talked about it today is like self-love and self-care um but this one took took me by surprise and it was that there is no um compassion without compassion is not complete without self-care and without self-love um and so with my passion for compassion I'm always striving to like love other people but that has to be about um self-love and loving ourselves and accepting ourselves so I think just really starting from that foundation and then working up um towards your friendships and towards your um yeah towards your romantic relationships as well is so important so I'd say go go love yourself (laughs) you can't pour from an empty cup you cannot this is impossible so you're actually doing your romantic partners and friendships and all in your life a huge favor to go and work 
not work on yourself but love yourself do things you enjoy be feeling good because then you'll yeah they'll love you no matter what but they'll love you even more and you'll have more to give to them if you're filling filling you're giving from a full cup (laughs) our words are a topsy-turvy today (laughs) but yeah thank you so much Rhiannon it's been such a joy to share you with the listeners in the goddess tarot society i had to save you for the lovers episode but it also pained me that we had to get to episode seven before we had you on so it's amazing to have you have had you on here so yeah thank you so much thank you thank you <laughs>